Welcome back to the Theology of the Bunny podcast, a podcast for Catholics who love the beauty of the church's sacred tradition. This is episode 61. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike and Brooke. If you are somebody who is looking to grow in their faith in new ways, looking to network with other faithful Catholics who are committed to helping you grow closer to our blessed Lord, or simply looking for other Catholic voices who are willing to speak the truth without compromise, you've come to the right place. We are a group of Catholic lady, but have learned a lot over the 15 plus years we've been friends in the faith, and we want to share that with you. So if you aren't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to ensure you get the best Catholic candid conversations delivered to you every week. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on social media so you can keep up to date with all of the great content we are sending out. In this season, we're taking a bit of a different approach. While we're still going to be diving into hot topics and liturgical musings, we're going to be looking at the question of what it means to practically grow in virtue. Today, we're going to dive into the most fundamental aspect of growing in virtue, and that is knowing yourself. Before we do that, though, I want to catch up here with my wonderful co-hosts. How are you guys doing? Great. Awesome. So glad to be back. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a while. The last time we were we were here was June. Yeah, see, it feels even longer than that. Yeah, exactly. Like the summer of 2020 has felt uh, short, but also very long at the same time. Just kind of Groundhog Day the entire time. Yeah, it's been a long time, and we haven't left the house. So, <laughs> haven't been on a date in several months. Since mm. since you guys watched our kids, that was the last date we went on. Oh my goodness. Outside the house. Yeah. <laughs> Inside the house. Couple dates, Chinese food, D and D, you know, the standard. Julie and I just went out on a date yesterday. We went to Pizzeria Madre in London, Ontario. Shout out to those guys. They make some amazing pizza. Um, it's like Neapolitan pizza. So it's like, or is, is it called Neap- Neapolitano pizza? I don't know, but it's like you're legit. Asking, you're asking the wrong people. <laughs> Italian pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> we lost all the Italians there. Sorry. My accent. <laughs> Neapolitano. <laughs> Do you put the ricotta on the pizza? If not, it's not a real Neapolitano. <laughs> no, anyway. I had a couple it, highlights, though. Yeah? What What are yeah, the highlights for you, highlights. Okay. Highlights for me. Um, I won a fan art contest for the Dominion comic. I don't know if that happened before the end of the last season or not. But no, that, it didn't. Oh, no. okay. I won, a, I won a fan art challenge from for... Dominion Comics for their, well, Terminus Media for their comic Dominion. And uh, that like blew my mind. It's a really sick comic book. Please check it out. It's um, Dominion Fall of the House of Saul. And it's basically a Star Wars meets Narnia meets, you know, the story of Saul. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, super, super cool. I've read the the first volume and uh, it's pretty sweet. And um I think all of us can agree that the next biggest, most amazing thing that happened while we were not on air 
is the VIB Facebook group. That's Shout true. out to every single person that has been hanging out with us virtually in our special Facebook group. Yeah, big shout out to those guys. They, uh, they, they have been bringing so much joy to me, uh, especially in the yeah. last couple months, for sure. And Pronos is gonna be jealous of the VIBs. Can't be jealous if you're in the VIB group, man. Yeah. So if you're a longtime listener and you would like to receive a special invite to the uh, the inner circle, if you will. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Theology of the Buddy, and we'll chat. Yeah, let us know. It's a it's a growing group, and uh, yeah, it's a wonderful little community that that's being built there. So, yeah, we'd love for you to join us if you're if you're interested. It consists right. mostly of spicy memes and um, <laughs> Catholic news and food. And praying for each other. Right. So if you like those things, then no, yeah. no one wants to join anymore. <laughs> Spicy memes are in like bold flashing letters. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> Nothing uh, bad. It's all good. <laughs> well, some, some are questionable, but <laughs> yeah, we might need to, uh, we might need to institute some uh, discipline in the VIB group, crack down on some of the, uh, the uh, troublesome members, you know who you are, <laughs> Brooke. Oh yeah, come on! I send I send pictures of bread and just bread and bad faces that I make. <laughs> now, no one's definitely going to come. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> well, um, it's actually it's quite interesting because the. The group is like we're all in different places, you know, and like some have access to the TLM, some don't, some don't even have access to mass right now. And like, you know, but the, the, the common thread is they love the church and, um, and they want to, they want to grow in holiness. And, and I think that that's kind of the, the cool thing about that group is like they're kind of a they're just a they're just a unique group completely from different places but but yet it works it works and um yeah it it's great it's an honor to be was, part of that that was the surprising thing when the vib group first started was how easy it was for us all to just kind of talk yeah. and like, honestly, it's like we've been talking far longer than, you know, the group's been active and uh, it's just been great. It shows how powerful sharing the faith can be, right? Mm-hmm. Can build that kind of connection. Yeah. It's beautiful. And and mm-hmm. the power of memes. I mean, memes bring people together. <laughs> yeah. They really do. <laughs> yeah. we got to talk about the good side of memes since I threatened to shut down all the memes. <laughs> They'll know we are Christians by our memes. Isn't that in the Bible or something? Uh, might be Catholic memes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and and for the record, let's let's backtrack. VIB. What's it stand for? Very important buddies. It's like VIP, but VIB. Anyway. So, again, if you're interested, 
send us a DM or a Facebook message and uh, yeah, we will, we will take it to consideration and be more than happy to. Um, and, uh, and again, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, wherever you're listening, make sure you're subscribed. So uh, you can hang out with us every week and get to know, get to know who we are and, uh, and what we're all about. Um, yeah. We'd love for you to be part of this, this cool growing Catholic community. So let's, let's hop into the topic today. So we're talking about self-knowledge and um, as kind of a basis to growing in the spiritual life, uh, but in particular in, in the way of virtue. St. Teresa of Avila is very much clear. And, um, and of course, I'm going to uh, bring in Carmelite saints because, you know, I have to say it, I'm a Carmelite. And uh, wait don't worry, I, uh, I'm going to add in some Dominican flair too. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but she's very clear that like, you can't grow in holiness unless you're growing in virtue. This is the basis of, of prayer. Good works, good works, Teresa says. So, um, and I think that's really the the heart and the thrust of this conversation. And what we want to do, especially in this season, is we want to talk about what it means to grow in virtue and give practical tips and and hear from you about practical tips of how we all can grow in in the way of virtue and in doing so, grow in our love for Christ, the Church. Uh, the traditional Latin Mass and her uh, the beauty of of sacred tradition because I think and I think I said this uh, on a previous podcast before but I think if we aren't truly engaged in the actual work of growing in the spiritual life and growing in the interior life the traditional Latin Mass the beauty of of the traditional Catholic movement if you want to call it that is simply an external thing. It's, you know, you're seeing the beauty of it. You're seeing the the pomp and circumstance and that might attract you, but it doesn't transform you. And this, this conversation is about tilling the ground so that the word of God can truly take root in your life and, and help you to grow and become the saint that you're called to be. So, couple couple thoughts uh but before i do yeah mike you had a thought there yeah i had a couple spots i was thinking of jumping in but um it's kind of amazing how uh like we were kind of looking at researching this topic from different angles and different saints and the quotes and perspectives that we're bringing are really similar like uh you talked about how um, St. Teresa sees self-knowledge as the foundation of prayer. And it's basically the exact same. If you read Catherine of Siena, it's, she basically starts everything off by basically describing her monastic cell of self-knowledge. And that's like the foundation of her, her whole spiritual life was knowledge of self and knowledge of God. No, basically 
um, that one quote that uh, she received from our Lord, where he says um, something like, you are she who is not, and I am he who am, who, who is, who is. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but um, from there, everything else grows, right? And she says, upon knowledge follows love. So without having that knowledge of who you are and who God is, how can you truly love God? Right. That's, you don't often hear it talked about a lot, but when you read about how fundamental these great saints see the issue of self-knowledge as, it's a little scary almost. You think about it and you're like, I don't know myself well at all. I don't really know God at all. Like I'm, I'm, you know, so far from being holy, like <laughs> these holy women. If we're looking at it from a Thomistic point of view, would it be correct in saying because God is like fully actualized and we are not fully actualized in our understanding of ourselves? Like God understands himself completely, perfectly and wholly and understands us as well, but we are not able to do that. Is that right? Am I crazy? Maybe I am. You're not crazy. Okay. <laughs> um. I think that's true, right? Like um, St. Thomas says, I think you can only know the actual, something like that. I, I'm getting a little beyond my depth with <laughs> talking about technicalities of St. Thomas, but like to put it in simpler terms, because you're broken, you can't perfectly know yourself because you're sinful you can't perfectly know yourself or know mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. and so it's always going to be a journey and a process unless you are in heaven right mm -hmm. right you like even saint paul right and uh and one of the letters of the corinthians talks about that he says for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face right mm -hmm. um and so yeah i mean even even outside of the church knowing Knowing yourself has always been an important thing. Um, something that I found very interesting, right? The um, according to Wikipedia, the ancient Greek aphorism "Know thyself." Um, I'm not going to read the transliteration because I'll turn all of our Greek listeners away. Uh, is one of the Delphic maxims and was the first of three maxims inscribed in the. Proneos, or the forecourt of the Temple of Apollo at Delphi, um, according to the Greek writer uh, Pausanias. So, I mean, even even the ancient Greeks understood this to be a fundamental reality that on which other maxims were built. After that, you know, followed the maxim "nothing to excess" and "surety brings ruin." Um, according to the writer. So yeah, it's always been fundamental, um, especially in ancient Greek philosophy, to know yourself. And I think it also flies in the face of of certain philosophies that even question the whether we exist or not. You know, the I'm trying to think of the the actual philosophy name, but you know, there are those who, you know, say, like, do I even exist? You know, and as Catholics, we can say with complete surety, yeah, 
we do exist. Um, you mean philosophies that are kind of like the matrix and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, are we in a simulation? Is any of this real? Yeah. Yeah. Your story. I met yeah. somebody that fully believed we were in the matrix. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know how to respond. That's uh high school. <laughs> there were a bunch of people in high school who thought that. No, it was from someone outside of high school. It was like a grown man at a farmer's market. Well, there it was. Some people are forever high school. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, so like fast forwarding, right? We, uh, we know in scripture, according to St. Paul, right? He says uh, in his first letter to Timothy, he says, take heed to thyself and to doctrine. Be earnest in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee, right? Encourages that self-knowledge. Or, you know, in Second Corinthians, try your own selves if you be in the faith. Prove ye yourselves. Know you not your own selves that Christ Jesus is in you, unless perhaps you be reprobates. And of course, that age-old psalm that we always heard in youth group, right? Uh, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of illustrating how well God knows us, right? Mm -hmm. The... Um, like our Lord said, every hair of your head is counted. Right. But it's weird though, because self-knowledge is a bit of a hot button word. I mean, um, especially among a lot of, I would say more conservative types, right? Finding yourself seems like a kind of like hippie jargon. Um, but again, like you were saying earlier, Mike, there is such thing as true self-knowledge, and the saints knew it, and the church has always encouraged it. And obviously, uh, sacred scripture um, makes it clear that it's that it's important. Yeah, it's neat to like going back to the subject of the ancient Greeks for a second. The idea that self knowledge was important to them it makes sense to me because of how, even though they were a pagan culture, they had a strong. Um, emphasis on developing virtue in uh, the, what am I trying to say, in the like well-developed Greek culture. And so it, it's kind of logical, right? Like we, in in terms of philosophy and how we think about the faith, sometimes like, like Catholic thinkers have taken what is good out of the ancient Greeks in particular. And this might be another case where to some extent they, uh, they were onto something here, right? They knew how to develop in virtue, even though they didn't know the full extent of Christian virtue and they didn't have like uh, an understanding of grace or access to it in sacraments or anything like that. But, um, they knew on a natural level how to develop virtues effectively. Yeah. And how, how are you supposed to know what virtues you need to grow in unless you know yourself? Right. And like, yeah. And the thing is there's, and we're going to kind of talk about this too, is that there is a need for you to have some help in that process because 
there are, we all have blind spots where we can't see ourselves. And so we're going to talk about that. But I think um, it's kind of a jumping off point about the the question of like, what's the fruits of true Christ-centered self-knowledge? St. Teresa of Avila in the Interior Castle, in her famous work, says, quote, Self-knowledge is so important that even if you were raised up to the highest heavens, I should like you never to relax your cultivation of it. So long as we are on this earth, nothing matters more than humility. And so I repeat that it is a very good thing, excellent indeed, to begin by entering the room where humility is acquired rather than by flying off to the other rooms. Um, So self-knowledge, if it is true, is going to produce a healthy understanding of yourself. And that means humility, right? Like Mike said, you know, you are she who is not, I am he who is. Um, And yet you look at people like St. Teresa of Jesus or St. Teresa of Avila and St. Catherine of Siena. And these, these women, uh, these awesome saints didn't just like shrivel up into like little, little shells and, and were, you know, um, unable to, to do anything. These, these saints were powerhouses, um, and yet fully humble. It wasn't self-deprecation in a, um, like in a, in a, in a way that was void of God. It was a healthy understanding that of God's love for them, uh, that helped them to understand who they were and where they stood. Yeah. True humility. And, and with having that humility, you recognize your faults. Like you understand w- what those faults are. So you can work on not having those faults anymore. We're focusing on growing in those other virtues that, um, you know, will make you stronger and fill you with grace and prudence and all those other good things. But you need to be humbled and, you know, humiliated by those sins that you've committed so that you can not commit them again. Right. Yeah. And the other thing I, I see in, um, in Catherine is, um, seeing her own smallness. She sees even better the, the love of God for her. And in that way, sees her actual dignity and power to do, to do good. Mm-hmm. It was kind of after her, like Catherine of Siena kind of shut herself up in a, in a room for several years and was basically just in constant contemplation and stuff. And then it was after that, that she came out and started to do all this stuff, right? Like writing letters to people across the world and, you know, doing all kinds of great works, like, you know, writing to the Pope and changing the Pope's mind, you know, changing the course of history. But it all came out of first realizing the truth of exactly who she was and exactly who God was and what God wanted to do with her. It, you know, it makes you think if we could have that level of um, knowledge of ourselves and of what God wanted to do with us, 
um, you know, what great things he would want to do with us and would be able to do with us like he did with Kurt. No, exactly. Exactly. You bring up a good point, right? Uh, you know, St. Catherine locked herself in her cell and grew in her prayer life and, and it led to good work, you know, prayer, prayer itself is good work, but, um, you know, it, it led to some beautiful action too, um, out in the world. Um, St. John of the Cross, when he was locked in, in the tower, uh, by his, by his confreres, he, he wrote the dark night of the soul in there and mm-hmm. his beautiful poetry, you know, all, all interiorly he wrote it. And, and then as soon as he was out, he was able to write it, you know, and it just, it's amazing what God does in those times where you're actually able to enter into silence. And maybe we'll talk about that as, you know, when we get to it in a moment, but, you know, kind of hearkening back to what you were saying, Brooke, to, you know, that need to receive those humiliations and to be humbled, you know, it, even from the very beginning, the reality is that God calls us or called us to self-knowledge, right? What was the first thing that God said in the garden after Adam fell? Adam, where do you stand? You know, it was a, it was a call to Adam to know who he was and where he stood, which, I mean, can you imagine you know, God walking through the garden in the cool of the day and you just, <laughs> you just messed up, <laughs> you know, and you hear God saying, where, where do you stand? Um, yeah. God calls us to that, that self-knowledge and, uh, yeah. So, um, another, another fruit of, of self-knowledge as well is, uh, a healthy, and I, and I, and I make that, I want to bold in that a healthy fear of ourselves and our ability to offend God. We're mm-hmm. able to see how truly weak we are and um, how easily we can fall, which I think in turn helps us to also be less judgmental and harsh in our thoughts and our uh, opinions of others who fall. Um, even, you know, uh, even the greatest of Catholics uh, who might screw up or um, whatnot, we're able to be reminded of our own weakness and we're more focused on ourselves than on the, than on the sins of others. Mike, did you put in this, did you put in this line about true love of God? Yes. Yeah. So that was, I kind of talked about that earlier about how um, St. Catherine talks about how, the true love of God requires the knowledge of self and knowledge of God. I don't know. Do you want me to talk about that again? Or? No, I, I think, yeah, no, I just, I just thought, you know, again, the fruit of knowledge of self-knowledge is true charity, right? That should be yeah. the, that would be the, the litmus test of, are we growing in, in our self-knowledge is to see how, much we desire to serve others and um, to lay down our lives for others. Um, that is kind of a litmus test for just about everything, right? Because mm-hmm. anything 
without charity is worthless. Right. Exactly. So yeah, let's let's quickly talk about to end this off a little bit. What are some ways that that we can grow in self knowledge? I think just generally, um, you have to kind of make room for that uh, that silence, right? Um, where you can actually dig into yourself. So that's essentially that's mental prayer where you're focused on God. But I think also like you've got to consciously examine yourself as well. So like the obvious example is um, sacrament of confession and, you know, preparing yourself for confession, examining your conscience, um, examining your own faults, doing the daily examine. I was listening to a talk by Father Ripperger the other day, preparing for this podcast. And he was saying how he really encouraged people to do a general confession. Um, you know, he said he suggests every five years for a laity, which I didn't know, and every two years for priests. And he said that with the general confession, you basically start from from the very beginning all of your past sins that you can possibly remember. And then you have this huge painted picture of, you know, your faults in a sense, because after you know your faults, then you can really start working on countering those, those vices with the virtues that are needed. And uh, yeah, if you have access to that, then it would be great. I haven't actually had one before, but I know Chris has had a general confession Mm -hmm. before. Yep. Yeah. Did it help? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Actually helped. Just wiping tears from his eyes. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it was just really, really freeing. And Mm -hmm. because again, there's times when you're like, did I confess that in the past? I'm pretty sure I did, but I don't know. Like I'm not a hundred percent certain, you know, we're awfully forgetful people. Um, And so having that ability just to say it again, just in case is, is important. And and again, it really puts you in your place when you go back through your past life and you're, you're digging up this stuff and you're like, it, it helps you to love God more um, mm-hmm. because it, you realize just how much of a sinner, how much of a putz you are and, mm-hmm. and how God has been so faithful and merciful towards you. Like he could have just like, blotted you off the off the face of the earth just been like see ya you know but he hasn't and uh that's a grace and he would be deserved if he did right 100 percent. yeah exactly i think the point about like feeling scrupulous about past sins is a good one like i've definitely experienced that i know like i have never done a general confession but I have like, found myself in confession being like, uh, well, like 10 years ago, I committed this sin and I can't remember whether I confessed it or not. <laughs> and like, cause you know, it's some things you're in a different place in life and then you've moved far on, on from that stage of life. And then suddenly you remember things later, yeah, human brain is dumb but anyways yeah i appreciate that point a lot because it's something that i think 
people may worry about in silence and be like, should I say this in confession or Mm -hmm. I don't know. The answer is without a doubt. Yes. You know, sometimes you, you never know, like it could be the Holy spirit prompting you may not be, but it, you know, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's not like the, the priest is going to go, you know, like, I don't see that on the record here. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, list of all your past confessions and, uh, you just duplicated this one. So, uh, that means you're unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's a, a, a great idea. And I think, I think there's, if you have access to good spiritual directors, I think if, especially if you can get a priest who's a spiritual director to be able to do the general confession with, and then have the ability to follow up, you know, mm-hmm. and to be able to go through your life and see like what your, maybe your, your primary fault might be, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Can I share one more little thing from the Father Ripperker talk I listened to? Yeah. It was phenomenal. Sure. So he was helping this woman after she had done um, a general confession. He was being her spiritual director. He said, um, I was helping this woman and she didn't commit a single venial sin for six months. And I was just like, wow, that. And he was saying how the, her awareness of the self-knowledge of herself had increased significantly that she had been able to do that with God's grace. And a second, a second story he shared was um, he was, he knew this priest that, you know, was very humble, very all all around an amazing person. And uh, one day he saw the man praying on his, uh, on his knees with his head bowed and the man didn't move his head for five hours. He was completely still for five hours in prayer just so able to focus on just God. Like I think our normal fault would be we would twitch or, you know, get uncomfortable and want to, you know, change your position or get a chair instead or something like that. But the ability to have that discipline to just like be, you know what I mean? I'm lucky if I can be still for five seconds. Yep. (laughs) And that's, and that's the case for, for me too. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's a product, maybe just, I know this is kind of a side note, but I think there's a particular grace that those souls receive to be able to not mm-hmm. like, and I think they've progressed pretty deep into, into yeah, the spiritual yeah, yeah. life. Like they've, they've definitely achieved some level of contemplation, you know, so, but that's a, just an aside note. So um, yeah, but in order to, to enter into contemplation and, to be able to grow in that spiritual life, right? You need to have that self-knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Teresa says it's a matter of the greatest importance to us to grow in that self-knowledge and humility. So um, it's not, this isn't just, again, like go find yourself. You know, this is, this is a spiritual work that, that God calls every every Catholic too. So, so let's ask one practical thing. What's one way that we're going to try to grow in self-knowledge 
this week. I'll go first. I'll go first. And this is a mea culpa. Um, I'm really terrible at doing my daily examine. Terrible at it. And so... (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I... You know what? I'm going to stick to it this week in particular. And... I want you guys, both Mike and Brooke and, and friends who are listening, if you'll, if you'll message me on Facebook or DM me on Instagram and say, uh, and again, that's at Theology of the Buddy, and just say, how's your daily examine going? I'd really appreciate that. So that's that's what I'm going to do. Noted, Chris. <laughs> I think I need to start there, too, because I'm not there on doing it every day either. I'm going to do it every day too for this next week. But I also think I personally need to have more silence in my day. You know, Mike and I have two kids. It's really busy. At the end of the day, you put them to bed. It's like, ah, and YouTube. So maybe I should uh, commit to spending, you know, 10 minutes of silence. Like no reading, no, nothing plugged in, phone in another room in our little prayer spot in the house, our little oratory, and then just be. And maybe that would be a good start. Is 10 minutes too long, Chris? You would know. You're a Carmelite. You hang it in (laughs) silence all the time, right? It's a good start. It's a good start. Okay. Is it too aggressive? I need, you know, if it's too aggressive, good. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a try for sure. And, and we can catch up in the next episode that we do the, where we continue on this series on uh, you and the virtues and we can talk about how, how it went. So, yeah. 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 That sounds great. I'm excited now. Sweet. Okay. It's like a culpability group. Yes. No. Yes. Accountability group. Accountability <laughs> Not what did you say? <laughs> she said culpability. <laughs> culpability. We're culpability partners. That's it. <laughs> they call that partners in crime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Back to the spiel. Back to the spiel. So, so again, if you're not subscribed to us, make sure that you visit us on wherever you're listening and you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'd really love to have you join this community and hang out with us. Uh, if you're not uh, following us on social media, give us a follow at theology of the buddy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, so next week, what can our listeners look forward to Michael? So we're doing another uh, Mike and Chris response podcast and uh, we've decided to uh, make it a, a series and come up with a name for it. So it's going to be Sons of Thunder Reacts and we're discussing Brian Holdsworth, his worst video ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be spicy. Yeah, preface that by saying we're fans of Brian Holdsworth. But uh, <laughs> yes, we're going to be taking on a video of his that was pretty controversial, especially in 
triad circles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, just discussing it pros cons what was he right about what was he wrong about and what can we learn from it for sure awesome well friends it has been so good to catch up with you we're going to do a a live stream uh at when this comes out we will have already done the live stream um but uh yeah we're gonna do that uh in a couple days as kind of a lead-in to the next season so if you follow us on facebook uh that's where we're going to be hanging out so um and we might we might drop into instagram and do an instagram live as well if we're if we're cool so any other thoughts before we close out y'all I miss you guys. I miss your voices. Well, I hear mics all the time, but I miss having... You definitely didn't miss mine. Yeah. (laughs) I miss doing this with you guys. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Sadly, Julie couldn't join us tonight. She, uh, the baby, the baby. So hopefully we'll, we'll get her, uh, at least on the, uh, on a future podcast. Uh, Come on, baby John. <laughs> baby John. Baby John. He'll, he's forever known as Baby John. Mm-hmm. When he grows up to be huge, it'll be a good nickname, like <laughs> Little John. Oh, and when, when he's a grandpa, Papa John. Papa John's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you and hearing from you in the weeks ahead. And uh, so, from all of us to all of you, stay, stay trotty. trotty.